Welcome once again to Longbox Theatre. I'm Reginald Crabapple, and today we have a very special holiday treat. The Around Comics players have once again surprised us with a very merry Christmas presentation. Without further ado, the Around Comics players present a Comics Christmas Carol. Once upon a time of all the good days in the year on Christmas Eve, old Scotty McScrooge sat busy in his studio, working away. It was cold, bleak, biting weather. Heat and cold had little influence on Scotty McScrooge. No warmth could warm him, no wintry weather chill him. No wind that blew was bitterer than he, no falling snow was more intent upon its purpose. Foul weather didn't know where to have him. Wow, somebody is a fucking drama queen. The place was arranged so that McScrooge might keep his eye on his faithful clerk, Thomas Caters who in a dismal little corner was busy counting Scotty's gold bars, $100 bills, and flat-screen televisions. Hey, somebody's got to do it, and it's not going to be me. Scotty was kept warm by the burning boxes of old comics, Silver Age, Golden Age. It mattered not to old McScrooge. Old comics were good for burning, and little else, he'd say. This night, the hearth was stoked with Watchmen issues 8 and 9, which, despite the world's love of it, McScrooge found more useful as kindling. But Tom's fire was so very much smaller that it looked like one tiny lump of coal. A single copy of Flash number 235. Excuse me, Mr. Scotty. I don't mean to bother you, but... Now's not the time, Tom. Keep counting. I've got shit to do. Yes, sir. It's just... It's rather cold today, sir. Quit your fucking bitchin'. Put on another coat. Yes, sir. I was wondering if we shouldn't put a little more on the fire. Maybe a showcase or an essential. Uh, do you really think that I waste my money on nerdy shit like showcases and essentials? No, sir. Do you think my money grows on trees, Tom? No, sir. I'll bundle up, sir. Good. Now shut your fucking pie hole. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scalping, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire. Come on. Let's, uh, get on with it. That's enough already. Nobody ever stopped him in the street to say, with gladsome looks, My dear Scotty, how are you? When will you come to see me? No beggars implored him to bestow a trifle. All bums. Get a job. No children asked him what time it was. Brats. They're too many. Do I look like a clock to you? No man or woman ever once in all his life inquired the way to such and such a place of Scotty McScrooge's. Even the blind men's dogs appeared to know him, and when they saw him coming, would tug their owners into doorways and upstairs. But what did Scotty care? It was the very thing he liked, to edge his way along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy to keep its distance. Christmas. A penny for a carol, sirs. I really don't think that this is a good time. Get out of my office, you filthy little beggar! Unless you got money to buy my sketchbook, uh, then we could talk. Perhaps you'd prefer the 12 days of Christmas. No. Or the 10 days of Christmas. Out. Seven days? Goodbye. Three. Go! One, one day, that's my final offer. Right, right, I'll be on my way then. The ancient tower of a church, whose gruff old bell was always peeping slyly down at Scotty McScrooge, became invisible and struck the hours and quarters in the clouds. At length, the hour of shutting up the studio arrived. With an ill will, Scotty admitted the fact to the expectant clerk and directed him to end the day's work. Mr. Scotty, sir, I know that this is probably not a good time, but 
Yeah, you'll want the day off tomorrow, I suppose. If quite convenient, sir, there's a convention tomorrow and I'd like to look through some quarter boxes. Fucking quarter boxes? Make a fire out of those if you want to keep warm. It's only once a year, sir. Oh, sure. I guess it's fine for you to steal from me as long as it's only once a year. Fine, whatever. Get your ass here early the next day. These gold bars aren't going to count themselves. I will, sir. Thank you, sir, and a very Merry Christmas. Bah, fucking humbug. Scotty took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his big boy books, went home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner, Mike Norton. They were a gloomy suite of rooms and a lowering pile of buildings up a yard. It was old enough now and dreary enough, for nobody lived in it but he. The yard was so dark that even Scotty, who knew its every stone, was fain to grope with his hands. Uh, you ever hear of a porch light? Now it is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door, except that it was very large. It is also a fact that Scotty had not bestowed one thought on Norton for quite some time. So then let any man explain to me, if he can, how it happened that Scotty saw in the knocker, not a knocker, but Norton's face. Norton's face? Norton's face. It was not shrouded in impenetrable shadow as the other objects in the yard were, but had a dismal light about it and a strange visage. Like a Bigfoot at a disco. The hair was curiously stirred, as if by breath or hot air, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. He smells like Bigfoot, like Bigfoot's cock. As Scotty looked fixedly at the phenomenon, it was a knocker again. Man, that's the bullshit. Scotty walked across the hall and up the steps. He was not a man to be afraid of door knockers. He did walk through his rooms to see that all was right, however. He had just enough recollection of the face to desire to do that. Thus secured against the surprise, he put on his dressing gown and his nightcap and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. That is some good gruel. Scotty McScrooge. Who the fuck is it? Ask me who I was. Christ, just answer the fucking question. Who are you then? In life, I was your partner, Michael Norton, although nobody ever calls me Michael. Bullshit. You don't believe me? No, you're dead. What evidence would you have of my reality? Why do you doubt your senses? Because you're dead. I already said that. For fuck's sake, Helen Keller, I didn't know they made retarded ghosts. It's required of every man that the spirit within him should walk among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. All right, man, just spit it out. What's your deal? I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. Is its pattern strange to you, or would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full, as heavy, as long as this, seven Christmas leaves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Now, uh, you're not a real positive type guy, huh? Uh, got nothing to say? Uh, good? Maybe a smile? Something? I have nothing to give. It comes from other regions, Scotty, and I've conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. Mark me. In my life, my spirit never roamed beyond the limits of our studio. You always liked it here. You you know, you like comics. Well, you, you really like comics more than me. Comics! Mankind should have been my business. The common welfare should have been my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence all should have been my business. The dealings of my trade were not but a drop of water in my, the ocean of my business. 
Uh, bound in double iron, not to, not to know that such space of regret can make amends for one life's opportunity misused. Yet such was I, such was I. Hear me, my time is nearly gone. Hey, fucking men, preacher sad sack. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope of my procuring. Well, uh, do tell. You will be haunted by three spirits. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Can we take them, uh, you know, like all at once and just get it over with? Shut up! Expect the, <laughs> expect the second one on the next night in the same hour. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more. And look that, for your own sake, you remember what has passed between us. Scotty became sensible of confused noises in the air. He followed Norton to the window. Desperate in his curiosity, he looked out. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste, and moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Norton's ghost. None were free. The misery with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters, and had lost the power forever. Whether these creatures faded into the mist, or mist enshrouded them, Scotty could not tell. But they and their spirit voices faded together, and the night became as it had been. Scotty went to bed, put on season two disc four of Felicity, put in his mouth guard, placed his sleep mask on, and fell asleep in an instant. When Scotty awoke, the chimes of the neighboring church had struck the four quarters, so he listened to the hour. To his great astonishment, the heavy bell went on from six to seven, and from eight to nine, and regularly to twelve. What the... I, I went down past two. Perhaps the clock is wrong. What the fuck, goddamn clock? Is it possible that you could have slept through a whole day and far into another night? Shit no, bitch. It's like eight hours like a zombie and I'm up. Is it possible that something has happened to the sun and it is twelve noon? Is it possible you rode the short bus to uh, narrator school, Corky? Suddenly Scotty remembered something Norton had said. I did? What did Norton say? Uh, expect the first spirit when the bell tolls one. Uh, oh yeah, right. Norton's ghost bothered him exceedingly. Every time he resolved that it was all a dream, his mind flew back again to its first position and presented the same problem. Was it a dream or not? Looks like we were wrong again, Norton. Thanks for keeping me up, dipshit. He spoke before the hour bell sounded, which it did now. Deep, dull, hollow, and melancholy. Merry Christmas! Wow, who are you? I'm the ghost of comics past. Long past. No, your past. What do you want? Your education, your happiness, your salvation, your welfare. My welfare? Uh, gee, thanks, but a full night's sleep would have done me wonders. Uh, how about your reclamation, then? You keep that to yourself, pal. No thanks. Take heed. Rise and walk with me. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished. Not a vestige of it was to be seen. The darkness and the mist had vanished with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day with snow upon the ground. Scotty was conscious of a thousand odors floating through the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long, long forgotten. Do, do you remember this place? Man, uh, give a guy a little warning before you do that shit. I, I think it threw up in my mouth. Well, do you remember it? Yeah, I remember it. It's where I went to school. Of course I remember it. There's Dick Wilkins... Hey, Dick. He was such a fucking geek. Oh, and uh, Sally Winterbush. Looking good. 
Merry Christmas, fucking hot ass. Well, these are but shadows of things that have been. They have no consciousness of That's bullshit. She smiled at me, didn't she? Oh, and that's, uh, that's Lucy Ledbetter. What a fucking slut. Uh, we used to call her Lucy Laidbetter. Merry Christmas, you little whore. Merry Christmas? Why Christmas is a humbug. What's Christmas time to you? If you could work your will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled in his own pudding and... Whatever, man. What's the harm? I just want to say goodbye. It's Christmas and all the children are leaving for the holidays. I might not get another shot at, at uh, Laidbetter. Not everyone takes their leave this day. A young Scotty enters the school with a comic book in hand. Damn, that's messed up back to the future shit. If I touch myself, will the universe explode? The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child neglected by its friends is left there still comforted by nothing more than a comic book. Why should this child be alone on Christmas? His father, my father, never allowed me to come home for Christmas. Why? He was a dick. But it didn't matter. I hated it there anyway. Christmas is a time for solitude, a time to, you know, like catch up on shit like Buffy or, uh, you know, I don't know, video games, reading. I had, uh, I had shit to do. Yes, but not a real friend to talk to, not a living person. Uh, what? Green Lanterns aren't real? Uh, Batman and Robin, Spawn? I suppose they're not real either. I made do. Yes, yes, you did. Whatever happened to those comics, anyways, McScrooge? My dumbass mom threw them out one day when I was uh, off at school. Who cares? They weren't very good anyway. I got into Harry Potter and cool shit like that. Well, a shame, don't you think, having all your friends tossed away like so much trash? Whatever, man. Comics are for kids. I'm not a kid anymore. Come, let us see another Christmas. Do you know this place? Yeah, I know it. It's the Marvel offices. It's, uh, it's where I started out. There's CB, alive again. Good old CB. He always did throw the best parties. Got really fucking drunk. A lot. Hey there, lad. No more work tonight. It's Christmas, Scotty. It's Christmas. Come and join the party. Oh, I'm, I'm just finishing up. Come on. Come to the party. We have singing, dancing, Christmas cheer. One cup of Casada's punch, and you won't even be able to see those blasted pages you've been working on. Nah, really, really, man. I'm almost done. Just one more minute. Why weren't you at the party? I had shit to do, man. I was trying to make a name for myself. It's not like those pages were going to draw themselves. Uh, there would be other parties. Famous fleeting, McScrooge. A man has to find time to enjoy other parts of his life. Yeah, fuck that, Confucius. Why are you fucking with me? I told you, these are but the shadows of things that have been. That they are what they are, do not blame me. Enough of this shit. Take my ass back home already. Very well, bitch. Awakening in the middle of a prodigiously tough snore and sitting up in bed to get his thoughts together, McScrooge felt that he was restored to consciousness in the right nick of time. For he wished to challenge the spirit on the moment of its appearance and did not wish to be taken by surprise and made nervous. Now being prepared for almost anything, he was by no means prepared for... nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing came. Scotty sat on his bed, hearing only, every now and then, a faint laughter. Which, being faint, was more alarming than a dozen ghosts. At last he began to think that the source of this secret laughter might be coming from the adjoining room. At last the idea took full possession of his mind. Who's there? I got a baseball bat, bitch, and I will crack your fucking skull! Merry Christmas. Come here, man, and know me better. Uh, what now? I am the ghost of comics present. Look upon me! Have you never seen the like of me before? Yeah, man, you're real unique. Nothing like the two ghosts I've already seen tonight. 
Can we get this shit over with? Uh, it's getting pretty old, and you look like you have a hero's click tourney to get to. Oh, you have yet much to learn. Come, touch my robe. Wow. Uh, I grew up Catholic, bitch. I don't play that shit. And perhaps it was the pleasure the good spirit had in showing off its power, or else it was its own kind, generous, hearty nature, and sympathy with all poor men that led them straight to Scotty's clerk. For there they went, and the spirit stopped to bless Tom Cater's dwelling. Think of that. The ghost of Christmas present stopped to bless Tom Cater's little four-room house. What a shithole. Don't bother trying to polish this turd. I bless all homes on this day. Poor homes most of all. What's the point? Whoever lives in this dump obviously doesn't give a shit. Because they need it most of all. What they need is a fucking maid. Can you bless that shit out of your hat, Mysterio? Herein resides the family of your 15-shilling clerk. There's Mrs. Caters, wearing a threadbare gown made brave by ribbons. Ribbons made a good show for six pence. That's Peter tending the potatoes. You know an awful lot about these people. You some kind of perv or something? I often come by here. Yeah, that's what I thought. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Caters. Merry Christmas, Peter. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas. Bless me, why are you so late coming home from church? Father took me to the LCS to pick out a quarter book. Thomas! In the honor of it being Christmas, dear, it was 50 cents actually, an 80-page giant. But we're here, safe and sound, with joy for Christmas. I do believe I am a rich man. <laughs> On 15 shillings a week. I am a rich man. Goose! Goodness me, the goose! Peter! Run the, to the bakers and fetch us our goose. Right-o. Hank, get to the wash house and clean up properly. Oh. Thomas, the LCS. I don't approve. I know. It's dark and smells funny. Besides, I don't like the idea of Hank getting hooked on comics. He'll never be able to get more than a quarter book from time to time. Christmas is only once a year, and he looked like he needed cheering up. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much. With his crippled leg, it's hard out there for a gimp. He sometimes thinks the strangest things you've ever heard. He told me, get this coming home that he hoped to read Watchmen someday, the absolute edition. Imagine that. Look, everyone. Our goose is cooked. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. If you haven't got a penny, I haven't any will do. If you haven't got a penny, then God bless you. That is a fucking pathetic goose. I've shot better birds on duck hunt. Mrs. Caters felt herself lucky to get it at the price she could afford. And poor Hank, his dreams of long boxes and mylar may never go fulfilled. At last dinner was all done. The cloth was cleared, the hearth swept, and the fire made up. The compound in the jug was tasted and considered perfect. Then all the Caters family drew round the hearth while the chestnuts on the fire sputtered and cracked noisily. Oh, my dears, such a day, such a day. I have everything a man could wish for, his family around him on Christmas Day. Come, let's have a toast. I give you Mr. McScrooge, the founder of the feast. Founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast on. I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children, it's Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks a toast to such a stingy, hard, 
Slittle cock, unfeeling man as Mr. McScrooge. You know he is, Thomas. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow. My dear, think of Christmas. I'll drink his health for your sake in the days. Not for his. Long life to him. A merry Christmas and a happy new year. He'll be a very merry and very happy, I've no doubt, Mr. McScrooge. Mr. McScrooge! And to us, God bless us. God bless us, everyone. There was nothing of high mark in this. They were not a handsome family. They were not well-dressed. Their shoes were far from being waterproof. Their clothes were scanty. And Peter might have known, and very likely did, the inside of a pawnbroker's. But they were happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. I do feel bad, uh, a little bad for the gimp, though. It must suck to be him. Does the little shit last long? I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die without. That's fucked up, man. Come on, isn't there something we could do for the little freak? Will you decide what men shall live, what men shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven, you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. By this time it was getting dark and snowing pretty heavily. Miss Scrooge and the Spirit went along the streets. Much they saw and far they went, and many homes and comic shops they visited, but always with a happy end. The Spirit stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful reading ragged dog-eared pages from the books of Marvel, DC, and Image. On foreign lands, and they were close at home. By struggling men, and they were patient in their greater hope. By poverty, and it was rich. In almshouses, hospitals, and jail, in miseries, every refuge, the good spirit left a blessing of comic books, trades, and joy to man. Oh, Jesus Christ, I get it. Comics are good. Old comics make geeks happy. I'm a bad person because I don't like dumb comics, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck does this have to do with Christmas? Come my life upon this globe is very brief, and it ends tonight. Fucking tonight? Tonight, at midnight. The time is drawing near. Why are you wasting time with my ass? If I was you, I'd be looking for some poon. So back to his bed did the spirit take McScrooge, released from his guide, sound and knowledge of the goodness that men find in the painted page. But this was not the end for old McScrooge, for on the sound of twelve bell chimes, the ghost of comics' future did make his way to Scotty's chambers. One of you fuck sticks has to show up. What time is it? This is not helping my Christmas spirit. Come with me, McScrooge. I'm here to show you the days that may come. See now what may pass as the future of the man called Scrooge. Look beyond many days from now. 
fall a Christmas much like this one. Two comic fans sit in a year old comic shop. Oh my god, you watch too much fucking Lord of the Rings. Do you remember Scotty McScrooge? Scotty McScrooge. Heavens no, I can't recall that name. He was an artist of some renown, at least at one time. I should say not much, for I can't recall any one thing he's worked on. Eh, he worked at uh, the House of Ideas at one time. Uh, New X-Men, I believe. Uh, he was a bit of a cartoonish, cartoony guy for my taste, uh, uh, but talented nonetheless. I do believe you sparked some recole- recollection in me. Was he the one who gave up on comics and tried to make it in novels? Children books and such? Yes, yes, that, that's the one. Uh, a bit mad he was, but as I said, talented. At the height of his popularity, he washed his hands of comics altogether, never to be heard from ever again. <laughs> Why the devil would he do such a thing? The very idea. He claimed it was his love of the medium that did it or some such nonsense. He was frustrated with how things had become years back. Why I never heard of such a preposterous idea to leave something because you love it. Absurd. My thoughts exactly. Why bring such a sad thought upon this bright Christmas day? I heard he passed last night. Do say. Yeah, all alone, with no one around to remember his once great fame. His life had become uh, quite sad after his departure from the spotlight. How very disturbing. I ask again, why bring up such troubling tales today of all days? I understand your distress. It's not a pleasant tale for certain. There's one silver lining, however. What could that possibly be? All his original artwork just skyrocketed in price. I happened to have picked up uh, quite a few pieces at a pawn shop one day. It appears his misfortune is going to be my gain. Good show, old man. This is fucking cold, eBay fuckers. into the future shall we travel to another Christmas of possible days to come. Look, McScrooge, as we come upon poor... Thomas Cages and his sad, sad family once again. Hello, my dear. Children? You went today, then, Thomas? Yes, my dear. I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is, but you'll see it often. I promised him that I would walk there on Sunday. Children, do you know who I saw while visiting poor dear Hank with his tiny leg today? Who, Father? Mr. McScrooge's nephew, Fred. When I saw him on the street and he saw that I looked a little down, he inquired what had happened to distress me, and which I told him, I'm heartily sorry for it, Mr. Caters, he said, and heartily sorry for your good wife. I think I can be of any service to you in any way, he said, giving me his card. That's where I live. Pray, come to me. I shouldn't be at all surprised, mark what I said, if you got Peter a better situation. Oh, look at that, Peter. It's just as likely not one of these days. But however and whenever we part from one another, I'm sure that we shall not, none of us, forget poor tiny Hank and his little leg, or his first parting, that there was among us. And I know, when we recollect how patient and how mild he was, although he was little, little child with a tiny leg, we shall not quarrel easily amongst ourselves and forget poor tiny Hank and his tiny leg in doing it. No, Father. Well, he never got to read Absolute Watchmen. He passed with love in his heart, 
and a tiny leg. All right, all right, I get it. The little one died and it's all my fault, boo fucking who. How the hell did he die anyway? So he had a gimpy leg. Who, who the fuck dies from having a gimpy leg? What kind of disease gives you a gimpy leg and then kills you? That's some fucking bullshit. It's not like I got him sick. I never met the kid. And what is this crap about me uh, disappearing from comics? I'm Scotty McScrooge, bitch, and I ain't going nowhere. Your fucking crystal ball is all fucked up. These are the days that will come to pass if you refuse to see the truth. Uh, why do you sound like a fucking drunk Albert Finney? Uh, what, what truth? You lived your life ignoring the past and the present. The people around you are all of little consequence. The artists and writers, the inkers, colorists. All the work that has gone before you is ignored, stepped on, shat upon, and ignored. Get to the fucking point, spirit. Scotty McScrooge, if you continue to ignore the glory that are the comics of past and present, like you do the people around, if you continue to exist for nothing more than fame, fortune, and your own well-being, the future holds no joy for you. You are a winner, and you will die like a long-forgotten flower, without water, without love, without hope. Nothing attached to your name but misery and fucking sorrow. No, 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 no. This has got to be a mistake. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I love comics. I really do. But it's been, it's been too fucking hard. You put your life into something to have it destroyed and the, you know, fucking people come along and they fuck it up. And eh, he's too cartoony. Eh, meh, 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 meh. It's, it fucking sucks. I, I, I can change those spirits. There must be time to change. I can't go out like this. Not like this! <laughs> oh shit! I'm, I'm fucking back! My bed! What time is it? What day? Running to the window, he opens it and puts out his head. Hello! No fog, no mist, clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, cold... Piping for the blood to dance to. Golden sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet fresh air, merry bells. Oh, you! Little girl! What's today? Um, are you okay, mister? What day is it? Uh, today? Why, it's, um, Christmas. It's Christmas Day! I haven't missed it! I still have time to make amends! Do you know the comic shop around the corner? I sure hope I do. Do you know whether they've sold the absolute watchman hanging up there? Not the little trade, the big one. What, the one as big as me? Yes, yes, you marvelous little lass. The one as big as you, yes. It's hanging there now. Is it? Go and buy it. Right-o. <laughs> I'll send it to Tom Caters. A Christmas miracle for his little boy with his little, little leg. Tiny Hank and the rest will have the best Christmas ever if I have anything to say about it. Quickly, Scotty got dressed and ran out onto the street. 
He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything, could give him so much happiness. He happily made his way, smiling and merry Christmasing, to the office. If he could only be there first and catch Tom Cater's coming late, that was the thing he had his heart set upon. My heart set on it. And he did it. He did. I mean, I did. Yes, you did. Oh, good. Thomas Cater's was a full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Thomas, you are full 18 minutes late. I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. My son's tiny leg needed a rubbing. It's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you, my friend, I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. I, therefore, therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. A Merry Christmas, Tom. I'm just playing about. What's gotten into you? Your voice, it sounds like a bad Monty Python sketch. I know! I'll tell you what's taking a hold of me, Thomas. I'm full of the Christmas spirit. I guess it makes you have a bad British accent. Well, a Merry Christmas to you, Mr. McScrooge. No, a Merrier Christmas to you, Tom. My good man, then. I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family and your little boy's little leg, and we will discuss your affairs this, this afternoon. Tiny! Over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. I don't even know what a smoking bishop is, but I'm sure I would love it. Make up the fires or buy another coal scuttle before you dot another I, Tom Caters. Yes, sir. Scotty was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to tiny Hank with his tiny leg, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. Or any other good old city, town, or borough, in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and with little heeded them, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, and the memory of comics past, present, and future close to his heart, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us and all of us. Say good night, Hank. God bless us, everyone. Close enough, retorted little Gimp. Merry Christmas! Happy holidays to the Jews. <laughs>